0: Zoom papers, God. Again. Jay, Jay is claiming 900 hours of Assassin's Creed Odyssey as a as a volunteer. I I don't. I, what I what is this? Leah's bought 14 Final Fantasy art books and she's calling them charitable donations. I I, I can't believe they dumped this on me again. This is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. Yes, hello.
1: Hello, it's that time of year again when I haunt the Canaan Ranch Studios. Uh, who do we have in for today? This lovely Halloween season.
0: Yes, hello, Yule. This is Jacob. We- we've met before. Uh, it was on your haunted quiz show.
1: I don't recall. I have a very poor memory. <laughs> Alright,
0: You well... could
1: say that I'm brain dead. Allow me to reintroduce myself. I am Huel Wuthering, the ghost of the original host of the Canaan Rince network before I died under mysterious circumstances and Leon took the reins.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's very nice to meet you, Huel. Uh, since, since you've departed, Kanan and Rince is a big business now and there are a lot of things to do and so I have to put together everyone's taxes on Halloween of all things. Oh,
1: taxes on Halloween? That seems, that seems a bit suspect. This isn't tax season, is it?
0: They've told me that it works different with Brexit now. I don't know what to do. Leon just said he would cut me off if I didn't do them. Oh, I see. And having the one Jew
1: on the team doing the taxes, that seems, that seems a little, I don't know how I feel about that.
0: I was wondering why Leon kept putting parentheses around my name and now I feel like I figured it out. Well,
1: let's not, uh, let's not dwell on that for now. That, um, maybe I can talk with him off mic. But, uh, for now, I'm, uh, well, I've been really trying to expand my potential and really make something of my free time because when you die, it's all free time. So, I've, uh, I've been trying to get into video games. As you know, I'm Hugh Wuthering, the gaming ghost, famously. Uh, I've been trying to, uh, create my own video games that hasn't gone very well, and so I've tried to get into the video game subscription service, because that seems to be what everyone is trying these days. I've created prototypes of Apple Darkade, the Xbox game passed away, Boo Play Plus, EA, Axes, and PlayStation Now, <laughs> but so far none of them have taken off.
0: That's, I swear, I sent in my subscription to PlayStation last week. I've pivoted back to my my first love, my original
1: passion, for video game podcasting, and well, I'm a bit nervous right now, but I think that I would be the perfect new host on the Canerance Network, and I was hoping that you could just take a little bit of time to just hear out some of the, um, some of the pilots that I've put together.
0: Oh, okay, so this is what we're doing now. I have one YouTube video that does kind of well, and now everyone needs to show me their podcasts. Uh, Sure, Huel, go, go right ahead. Show me what you've got.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I think you won't be disappointed. So this first podcast is similar to Sound of Play, where um, the listeners might be familiar with my past appearances on some of the lowest-rated shows of the year. <laughs> this is my own version that I'm calling Sound of Flay. Using that uh, that same pun <laughs> again, but it's, it's really there's really not much you can do <laughs> with with that particular combination of letters here I am hosting my own video game music show it is familiar something that I've done before and I think this will show that I have a particular aptitude for bringing out the spookiest of video game music all right yeah
0: sounds sounds good let's let's roll the tape let's hear what you've got
1: I am the ghost of Huel Wuthering, and welcome to Sound of Flay. Looking back into the history of the Sound of Play podcast, there's perhaps no show that's as emblematic of its core virtue and successful amongst its audience as the yearly Halloween specials. But coming in a close second is the interview with legendary game composer Grand Kirkhope. That is why I've invited Mr. Kirkhope back to the studio to do a proper interview with me instead of those bumbling mortals. Grant Kirkhope, welcome to Sound of Flay. Hello, I am Grant Kirkhope. Does it frighten you to be face to face with the deceased? A reminder
2: of your own mortality? I actually find it quite thrilling. You are very scary. And a better host of podcast radio than anyone on the Kane and Rinds network. Kind of you to say, I shall let you live. According to your Wikipedia entry, you are a BAFTA, ASCAP, and IMFCA nominated composer. Yes, the BAFTA, ASCAP, and Ifnka love me. They can't get enough of my tunes. But before that, you were born in Edinburgh, Scotland. Bloody hell, me crikey bugger. Lost a well nipped me nug. Lucky I don't have much of an ear for regional dialects. So you began your work on the Nintendo 6664. Everyone knows me for my music in Bango Castle, Peep, But I actually began by composing with a little known title called OOO and the Seven Golden Eyes. I've never played that game. What is it about? It's a four player game where people race through the menu to be the first to select art job. Fascinating. I really must try it. It sold over 12 copies in the UK alone. Your next game is the one I'm really interested in talking about. Oh yes, I almost forgot. Joe frezumi Yes, Banjo-Kazooie. I have a bone to pick with this one. My
1: skin is decomposed, as you know. This game frightfully misrepresents ghosts. You don't just walk quietly into our stomachs to retrieve puzzle pieces. You must earn our trust and favor before we give up our prized puzzle pieces. I tried to stop them. I really did. And those giant hands that play the organ? Ridiculous. Everyone knows that ghosts can not touch ivory, or we vanish for all time. I have never heard that before. Have you ever seen a ghost of an elephant? Processing. That's a good point. We are, of course, speaking about Mad Monster Mansion, the first in the magnificent haunted houses brought to the afterlife in Rare's games. We wanted to scare the players, young and old. I thought it would take a constitution of
2: steel to not be terrified by that level. I followed that the next year with Creepy Castle in DobbyCon 6, 4. Yes, chilling. Amplified by the
1: fact that you have to walk through the haunted castle five times due to needless game
2: bloat. That is the scariest part. How do you find the perfect tune for a creepy house or a haunted castle? I think about the most scared I have ever been. It was at the National Portrait Gallery. I thought, wouldn't it be scary if I saw someone stealing one of these paintings? And what if that person was a skeleton? I did not sleep for a month to the day. Oh, what if they were a skeleton indeed? I tap into that feeling whenever I write music. I do all of my best writing in the National Portrait Gallery. I am there three or four times a week. Chilling, and very British. Let's move on.
1: I'm very interested in this next game, Perfect Dark. What is this one about? I don't remember. Okay. Obviously, you followed it up with the rather non-spooky Banjo-Tooie and Star Fox Adventures, before
2: circling back for another absolute triumph with Grabbed by the Ghoulies. I thought, life is too short. I will not be able to grab everyone's ghoulies in one lifetime. I had to make a game to do it for me. I wrote the music, programmed the game, created the artwork, bug tested, and distributed the game to retailers myself. It's my crowning achievement. Fascinating. That must have taken a lot of work. If you love your job, you never work a day in your life. Ha. 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 Ha.
1: Or, like I always say, if you hate a certain podcast host, you only work one day a year in your afterlife. It doesn't quite have the same ring, though. After that, you wrote music for Viva Pinata and its sequel, Trouble in Paradise. Anything that I'd appreciate in either of these? Unlikely. Moving on then. Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Now this makes me think about a
2: Frankenstein. Was that the inspiration? Yes. But our new boss Billiam Gates found it too scary and made us change it to a game about animals driving cars made out of cardboard. What an odd request. I don't make the decisions. I just cash the checks. And I just slash the... Shreks. I then composed Kingdoms of Spam a lot, Reckoning. It's a game about you. Remember to look this up on Wikipedia before programming this speech line. Fascinating. I'm very excited to try it. What would you say is
1: your proudest accomplishment in your composing career? Probably this interview.
2: Good answer. Do you have any plans for after this? I'm probably going to the pub to have a pint. No, I mean after this life. I only hope to be half as handsome and talented in the afterlife as you, my best friend. Well, that's kind of you to say. You've earned it. I fear and respect you. Stop it, you'll make me blush. Everyone thinks that you are a very good podcaster. What better way to end this interview than by
1: playing one of your songs? This is a creepy tune called Crivens from Grabbed by the Ghoulies. It's the theme of The Butler. Do you have anything to say about this song? No. Okay then, let's listen to Crivens by
3: Grant (laughs) Kirkhope.
0: You know, you know what? I can tell th- you, I bet you spent a lot of time on that Huel. you know? I think my that, years
1: of experience really shone through that. D- Would you say that's accurate?
0: I could, I could tell that there was, a, you know, y- you thought a lot about it before and you did something and really that's, that's all any of us can do, right? Oh, this is going
1: really, really well. I'm glad that we have this time to sit and chat.
0: Yeah, I, I, I really, I enjoy, you know, if I if I didn't have to do taxes, I could sit here all day. But since since that, you know, I guess you've probably only got like w- one more show idea, right? Well, okay. I see that you're a very busy man, so I'll only play
1: four more pilots. Oh, my okay, God. Great. So this next one, uh, as you know, I originally created Kane and Rince, but, well... Since Leon has, between the two of us, run the show into the ground a little bit, I've decided to rebrand my own brand of spooky video game deep dives, and I mean six feet deep dives, that I am calling Drain and Mince, the only podcast that will actually kill you. To the very first episode of Drain and Mince, the only podcast that will actually kill you. Let's see. I think I think if my studies are correct, I should be doing about sixteen minutes of, uh, of plugs and social handles and stuff at the front here. But let's let's skip that. We're a little pressed on time, or at least you are. I'm immortal but it can't be that much longer until you die. I'm speaking to, of course, my co-panelist today, the still regrettably living Leah Haydu.
4: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much longer that's going to go on, but uh, I appreciate you keeping me around um, with all the changes that have been going on around here recently. I was a little bit concerned.
1: There's been a lot of changes. Yeah. Yes, of course. This is... Uh, you could call it a demo tape to try to see if I am a good fit on the network, and well, I think this will prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am the greatest podcast host to ever live, die, and live again.
4: Some pretty bold claims, so uh, I, I guess we should get started then. I, well, I've been looking at the show notes, though. I'm, I'm a little confused. Yes, uh, n-
1: today... In regular cadence fashion, we will be focusing on one video game and doing a rather deep dive. And today, the subject is a game that I found particularly interesting. It is Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding.
4: So, I think this is where I'm a little bit confused. Uh, So, I I don't know, you might need to edit this part, but I um, don't that game is actually out yet. Uh, We usually wait, well I mean we used to wait uh, about a year after the release before we would consider anything for coverage but this isn't actually out for another couple of weeks so I am not sure what I'm doing here. I haven't played the game.
1: You haven't played the game? Not yet. This is just perfect. You... We make a very solemn commitment whenever we sign up for a podcast recording to at least do the bare minimum of playing the game.
4: I I wouldn't say that I was, you know, signed up as much as I was, uh... screws that that's kind of what I remember it's it's a little cloudy uh, but that is I,
1: accurate yeah
4: I, I don't I would have played the game but it, it hasn't released I'm not I'm not sure how to really do that
1: well I suppose I can speak from my own experience then
4: oh did you get a did you get an advanced copy
1: well Unlike the majority of famous people, I am not personal friends with Hideo Kojima. Weird. So unfortunately I was not given an advanced copy and so while I haven't played the game per se, I don't need to have played it. I've lived it and died it.
4: Well you did say that there was a solemn commitment and that's- I
1: have died and I have been stranded in both the isolation that is uh that comes with death, and also in the isolation that comes with not being uh very well liked as a ghost.
4: Aw that's a shame. We like you just fine here at uh at, at uh what was it, Drain and Mince? Drain
1: and Mince, yes.
4: Mm. <laughs> okay, well we can we can workshop that, but yeah, you're perfectly welcome here by those of us that are left.
1: <laughs> Hopefully it won't be that many. <laughs> Well, then we can go through the regular show flow and just kind of see how it goes. Of course, drawing from my own experience as a death stranded individual. Let's start with the story. Of course, you all know my story of how I became death stranding. And uh, that is, uh, well, I was, it was the late 1800s. I was riding one of my big old timey bicycles when. Leon, who was playing one of the hot new games at the time, pushing a hoop with a stick, (laughs) I got his stick stuck in the spokes of my comically large front wheel, and I went toppling over the front handlebars and into a ditch where I slowly bled out.
4: That sounds about like a Hideo Kojima plot. Uh, yeah.
1: Well, I did not become the president at any point during <laughs> that, unfortunately.
4: All right, well, maybe it's not quite a Hideo Kojima plot, but I, I can I can kind of see some of the, uh, the the beginnings of something there.
1: But if you saw what I was wearing at the time, you would be ashamed of your words and actions. I
4: was wondering when that was going to come up. So...
1: I think that pretty much sums up the story then, and how different could Kojima's version of Death Stranding be from my very own?
4: Surely, uh, surely not at all.
1: Yes, his game, uh, from what I've seen so far contains slightly less urinating than my experience, but, uh, not a non-zero amount, which is encouraging.
4: Something about mushrooms growing, uh, did you- have you had any fungus lately? (laughs)
1: that game seems to be a plenty with ladders and oh if only i had a ladder I, both of my legs were broken so i don't know what i would have done but it would have kept me from starving to death at the bottom of a ditch
4: that's that's dark you you could have maybe i don't know developed some very quick upper arm strength i you could have eaten the ladder
1: in retrospect dying was the best thing that ever happened to me Can you imagine being a living person with this kind of vocal intonation?
4: (laughs) No, I I really can't.
1: It's troubling.
4: That is definitely one word for it.
1: Let's move on to graphics. And I will say, the most graphic thing about dying is watching your own body slowly decompose.
4: So, uh, we're saying good graphics then? Good graphics?
1: Good graphics, okay. yes.
4: yes. The most graphic, in fact.
1: Yes. Death Stranding? Its graphics get the drain and mince seal of approval. Let's move on to sound. Yes, sound of death is well, primarily, there's a lots of weeping, of gnashing of teeth, the rattling of chains.
4: Probably some grinding of bones, Uh, something, something along those lines.
1: You've been to our nightclubs, then.
4: I've... I've dabbled.
1: Yes, of course. That... I think that pretty accurately sums up the sound.
4: I think I'm starting to get the hang of this.
1: Let's move on to controls. And let me tell you that being dead controls, uh, let's say especially well the normal things that would get in your way in life. That would be the cumbersome mechanics like solid walls, and specifically not being able to walk through them, don't apply in death anymore. So, you can walk through walls, you can see through walls, you can see through horses, everything.
4: Horses, huh?
1: Yes. Interesting. They will never again f- prove to be a visual obstacle.
4: I'm forever having horses get in my way, so, uh, I don't know. This is... This is starting to sound okay.
1: It sounds appealing. I don't know if appealing is
4: the word I would look for, but, uh, sure, we'll go, we'll, we'll do this your way.
1: And let's talk about, of course, the music.
3: Oh, yes. One of my
1: favorite parts. Now, of course, in hell, there are quite a few talented musicians. Why, there's Ronnie James Dio and, uh a couple of the Beatles. there's some really exciting people down there you really don't want to miss it
4: no it sounds like a a pretty decent party if nothing else uh so so how do you feel about the uh the death stranding music uh it seems like uh Hideo Kojima has a lot of uh really diverse friends he has an open (laughs)
1: book in front of him yes of course (laughs) we could be Hearing songs from some of his famous friends, like, uh, maybe Jeff Keeley, sings a, a romantic ballad at some point. That would be a real treat.
4: Here Conan O'Brien has quite a lovely voice.
1: Of course, most late-night talk show comedians do. Well, I'm going to highlight one of my favorite pieces of music that I've listened to countless times since I've died, because... Frankly, I only get to host podcasts once a year, so I have a lot of free time.
4: Well, we don't we don't usually actually play the songs during the podcast. Okay, okay, I, I see what I'm, you're doing. I'm okay. very I'm comfortable sorry.
1: hosting Sound of Play. I'm just kind of inching into these other podcasts, so you have to excuse me on this one, but today I want to listen to The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt, a piece called Ladies of the Woods. This is a... A frightening track, which I'm sure will chill you to the very bones that describes... Two of the scariest things. Ladies and Woods.
4: (laughs) It's pretty terrifying. Woods, of course, is what they build
1: stakes out of, which... Although I'm not a vampire, I probably wouldn't enjoy being impaled by one. And ladies, of course, no offense, but... uh, Well... You ever notice how there seem to be more male ghosts than female ghosts? <laughs>
4: it's because we get all our business taken care of, I guess. That's
1: right. We don't know where all the women go when they die, and it worries us tremendously.
4: Yeah. What I, if
1: they're all plotting against us?
4: I understand the uh the trepidation here. It uh
1: I What if they have a better afterlife, just like they had better bathrooms in life?
4: I'm not allowed to talk about that. I signed a document. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not going to dwell on this too much either, because I think this puts me in a, in a pretty precarious camp if I pursue this line of logic that much further. <laughs> we, but, we
4: find ourselves at an impasse then. <laughs>
1: but anyways, let's listen to Ladies of the Woods from The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt.
0: liked it i have bad news i think which is that i'm i'm still alive uh and i i was not Mm. drained or minced by the podcast this is very
1: bad news
0: yeah you know i hate to disappoint you i know sometimes when you're creating art you really think that people will take one thing away from it and in reality they take something else and i guess this time it just this wasn't as fatal to me as it was for mm. you, but I, I don't mean that as like a like a criticism, you know? Well,
1: that's very kind of you to say. Let's move on to something else. Uh, this is, I'm hoping, a uh, chance to kind of stretch my creative muscles a little bit. I've always wanted to create my own video games, as I mentioned at the top of the show, but I've always had problems with the execution. I've never had problems with actual executions, but when it comes to creating video games, it does tend to be an execution problem. So I was really intrigued by the general idea of the Playwright podcast, which is new on the Kanan Ritz network, and uh, I've decided to take it in a decidedly spookier direction.
0: Oh, that's yes. the direction you're taking it in? <laughs> I am always apt to surprise. Okay, so what's what's the name of this one? Playwright is always scary enough, or does it, does it have some other horrifying yes. title?
1: Yes, I was thinking it's already pretty scary, because the majority of playwrights, like Shakespeare, are actually dead, and I hang out with them sometimes. Well, I am around them sometimes they haven't spoken to me
0: yet but you know we're in similar circles of hell do you think edward Albee would have a podcast if he was alive today have you asked him that yet
1: i think that most ghosts have been just dying to get into the podcasting scene and even some of the living hosts have been making a killing off of death in the podcasting scene my favorite murder Serial? I mean, that's practically a murder podcast already.
0: You know, for for a ghost, you have some keen social commentary, Huel.
1: Anyways, we were talking about playwrights. Most playwrights are dead. That's pretty spooky already. But I was thinking, why stop there? Why stop at 10? 10 is perhaps the scariest in a gradient of scary numbers, but I could take it up to 11 of scariness. In fact, I don't want to frighten our listeners prematurely, but this next title might make your hair stand on end. Yes, allow me to introduce Play Fright.
0: Oh, oh, oh I'm, I'm like a human pincushion over here. All my hair is just just standing right up. Can't,
1: can't wait to
0: hear this one.
1: This is an episode that I hosted with Ryan Quintel.
5: Welcome to Playwright, the podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. I'm your host this week, Ryan Quintel. You can call me Q. And with me this week is actually a special guest, Mr. Huel Withering.
1: I am the ghost of Huel Withering.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's right. And hey, you know, we're excited to have you. Do you do you want to go buy a letter? I go by uh, Q, and, and usually Ryan Heyman goes by H, so we do a little sort of short thing. That's fun.
1: You're getting me to buy a letter, just like on Wheel of Fortune?
5: Yeah, okay.
1: Or Wheel of Misfortune, as I prefer to call it.
5: <laughs> I, that, I love it. Yeah, which, buy a vowel, who, maybe W. W, withering, I guess?
1: Yes, it is, it is withering. Right. Withering would be a little too on the nose, as they say. Although mine has rotten off of my decomposing face.
5: Wow. Okay. Well, it's gonna be an exciting episode. It sounds like you're you know, you're in a mood and I'm I'm ready to get to it. So Huel, the way the show works is we pitch a game idea and then we discuss it for a little bit, and we go to turn it into something new and really find A great game in there and we usually let our guests either pick if you want to go first or uh, last so it's it's up to you
1: oh I always seem to go before my time so I think (laughs) I'll go first
5: okay all right well I'm I'm ready what is your pitch this week
1: yes I hope this one dies on the vine I've been inspired by a local game about causing havoc to unknowing and innocent people, one of my very favorite oh. things. Oh, God. And uh, like a ghost, this untitled goose is is white and featureless, running uh. around and causing all kinds of havoc. Okay, let It really didn't allow me to push as far as I wanted to push it, and so I'm thinking of... Uh, of something that takes it in a slightly different direction. Uh, I'm wanting to pitch the Untitled Noose Game. You are a, a noose kind of flopping around town and trying to affix yourself around the neck of all the innocent villagers without them suspecting a thing. Sorry,
5: Huel, do you you mind if I interrupt?
1: Yeah, you can go ahead.
5: Okay, well, I I just, this is not really the spirit of the show to sort of just switch out one thing about a game. We try and do something I've listened
1: to a few episodes. It sounds like it's exactly the spirit of the show (laughs) and as of right now, I am the spirit of the show. Okay.
5: I think that both of those are fairly fair uh, as an assessment but you know why don't we I I think you can do better than that I think you can reach deeper inside of your ghostly shell soul thing so you know give me something good
1: hmm if that wasn't grim enough for you let's see how this does okay So you play a terrified Goomba in the Mario universe because Mario has turned into a vampire. You have to craft a home for yourself to keep yourself safe and to keep your family safe as you stake the vampire yes this is called super mario staker
5: (laughs) well we like to name the games at the end but i i actually like this idea do you want to discuss it let's start the clock
1: we'll start the haunted clock it will end when it strikes 13. perfect
5: (laughs) okay well i really like the idea of anything that flips the table and makes mario A bad guy so Mario's a vampire Uh, he can be maybe he was turned in Luigi's Mansion or something like that
1: um, Mm, yes one of my favorite locations in the (laughs) Mario universe other than Baby Park from Mario Kart (laughs) it would be so
5: easy to scare people in that amusement park it's a good point and not quite what I was expecting to hear from you I'm playing as a goomba. What sort of we've seen goombas move set that's usually pretty limited, but maybe there's something we can do to fight Mario by like stacking ourselves on other goombas?
1: Yes, of course we can we can form ourselves into the shape of I don't even like to say it, but crucifixes perhaps. Oh.
5: Oh, that's kind of fun and then you could you could also like stack yourselves as goombas and then like use use the tower to sort of knock off garlic from trees? I think garlic mm. grows on trees, right? We're getting stinky with garlic. We're we're fighting Mario. We're stacking up. We're trying to get bigger. What what happens? Does Mario eat us and we kind of transfer our consciousness to another another Goomba? Or is there maybe a little bit more persistence in my one one like leader of the Goombas and I've got more sort of fortitude more life than that.
1: Yes uh, Mario obviously violently devours your body and maybe maybe it frightens the people that are that witness it so much that if you sense that you're low on life it is your choice to crawl away somewhere where no one can see him devour you otherwise you'll infect their minds with madness.
5: Ooh, I like the idea of being able to take over a Goomba and to maybe bounce on... There'll they'll also be, like, turtles and stuff around the environment. You can bounce on them, get a turtle shell. And what if this whole thing is set in either Luigi's Mansion or Peach's Castle, or just a castle in Babyland or wherever you like to be, and if you break things like the stained glass, like stained glass has always been a Mario thing... You break the glass and you can let in rays of sunshine to kind of keep Mario away from you in sections of the
1: level. Yes, of course. Mario in Peach's castle, but he's still hungry. Yeah.
5: Um, I do. I also like the idea of instead of getting stars, uh, you could maybe get like, I don't know if holy water is the thing, but the uh, so like a blessing of sorts. And then in a water level, you could like bless little pools of water. And as you spit holy water at barrio you can burn him and all this awful vampire stuff
1: this is sounding absolutely horrid as you can imagine i do not like holy water i don't even like joking about it but sorry i guess we are creating a horror game so we should come up with the scariest thing imaginable like crucifixes and holy water
5: yeah so uh, i i should apologize content warning for all of our vampire listeners We are talking about all this sort of nasty stuff, uh, getting burned alive, being dusted. And I think we got to do something where you can either form blocks or you can hit pow blocks to extract. Like when Mario jumps and he breaks a block, maybe that leaves shrapnel and now you have stakes Mm. around the environment. You can fit them into your little Goomba mouth and go like poking around at Mario Or, or maybe a... A chain chomp would, certainly if it broke away from the chain, that would leave, like, a stake in the ground or something, right?
1: Yes. The perfect stakes. The stakes have been risen. Now, of course, there is a troublesome thing about Mario, because every time he embraces the natural human condition of death, he rises back, like me, to another, even more miserable life than the one before. How do we keep him from coming back?
5: That's interesting. Maybe one of the things you're going around, like, almost... It's very sort of Mario coin style, but also, like, Banjo-Kazooie feather style, and you're collecting little rivets or something like that, and you're slowly, every time Mario comes back, you... Or you defeat Mario, you have a period of time where you can hammer these nails or these rivets Hmm. into his coffin. And so when you're finally able to collect the ring of nails, he's totally locked in there.
1: Because he has to go into his coffin. Maybe that's his spawn point in a way. Yes. And you're trying to trap him. But of course it is futile because there's no way to win the game. It only results in failure and the suicide of whoever is playing in real life.
5: Oh my God, Huel, you're so dark, man. I'd, it's oh, honestly oh, it's, it's hard only to work.
1: fun to create games that actually kill people. Okay. You should see what my Sims saves look like. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay. Oh, all right. Well, I, I I think that's all the time we have for this pitch. That- no. No, well, nope.
1: I have so many ideas. Okay. I need to get them all out on the radio. Please <laughs> sit with me for forever. Oh. Uh,
5: yeah, we're going to probably do a little bit less than forever, but I appreciate...
1: Well, you can't cut away from me if there's if there's beautiful music playing. And by beautiful, of course, I mean horrifying. This is a piece of music that I have enjoyed very much over the last few months called Mad Monster Mansion from Banjo-Kazooie Reorchestrated for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yes, it is a horrifying and and very spooky tune that has been brought back from... The Depths of 1998.
5: You know, this isn't really a music show, though, right? This is supposed to be the. We play the song now. <laughs>
0: noticed that um, it seems like you 're ending every podcast with a song, no matter how well it um, fits in with the preceding material or really feels natural to the show is is this is this spooky in a way that i don 't understand what 's going on here
1: well obviously i'm uh, i 've become very comfortable with hosting the sound of play podcast every year, and well, old habits die hard and no one dies harder than me and perhaps Bruce Willis.
0: Okay, so if I'm keeping track of my... We've, we've had Drain and Mince, we've had Sound of Flay, we've had Play Fright. Mm-hmm. Now, we must be almost at the end, right?
1: We would be almost at the end if Canerans didn't stop acquiring new shows. <laughs> oh yes, there is more and more every year it seems. One of the ones that intrigued me from the very beginning was The Sausage Factory. Now, what is a sausage factory but a meat grinder? And so, this title requires very little finessing to turn it into something genuinely scary. A meat grinder, or I guess just to keep it simple, let's just call this one Grinder
0: oh okay so so we've abandoned the pun structure now and we're just going for general feel of the title
1: yes I feel that grinder is a great name for a podcast don't you agree
0: D- yes th- it's so good that there's nothing else that exists with that title that might uh, confuse
1: listeners uh, what a roundabout way to compliment my completely original title <laughs> but uh, I accept it. Let's listen now to an interview that I filmed with Chris O'Regan. Right,
6: hello everyone. Um, now, normally uh, it will just be me interviewing our guest here, which is Neil uh, of uh, Yellow Pig Games. But I um, actually got a, a co interviewer uh, trying it out, see so what happened, you know, could work may or may not work it's uh, Hugh Wuthering
1: hello Huel yes hello foolish mortals I am the ghost of Hugh Wuthering
6: don't don't call don't call the listeners foolish it's not a good idea
1: Mm, I've taken that note
6: yeah don't insult the audience never anyway Neil hello can you tell us who you are and what you do uh, Yellow Pig.
7: Well, thanks first for having me on the show today, Chris. I'm uh, one of the lead developers over here at uh, Yellow Pig Games, and I'm uh, really excited to talk to you about our new project. Uh, it's a, a fun game we've got coming out called uh, Plug and Play.
6: Plug and Play. We will be delving into that a little bit later on. Well, you you want to chip in or any questions before Yes, I
1: think there's a lot of promise here already. I'm a fan of people being Plugged? whether it's with knives or bullets. Tell me exactly who is doing the plugging and how
7: violent the plugging is in this game. Well, that's a a great question, I I suppose, right out of the gate there. Uh, uh, So uh, you'll, you'll be doing the plugging as a 1950s telephone operator. So there's a lot of plugs, and you want to make sure you get the right parties connected.
1: Of course you're connecting... Just, like, the morgue with the funeral parlors and such, and and just really preparing uh, for something relatable, something that uh, everyone goes through, which is which is death, something that's very close to my heart.
7: Well, it's, a, it's a little bit lighter-hearted than that. I, I, we were going more towards, like, a, a game where you're trying to put people together who are... Uh, ...falling in love and meet but can't remember anybody's phone number because it's uh, the 1950s and phones are pretty new then. Uh, so a, a little less death, a little, a little bit more uh, a hap- happiness, I suppose. Here, we
6: did discuss this earlier. Remember, less of the death stuff...
1: Can you, can I only get to podcast once a year And so when the opportunity presents itself I really just jump in But you're right, you're right I'm just here to job shadow So you, you keep on doing the interview And I'll just pop in whenever it feels right
6: Right, because remember we've got question 2 now Remember the questions we went through Never mind, okay, right Sorry about this Neil, um, we're just trying to think Anyway, how did you make us start making video games?
7: Well, I grew up playing a lot of uh, Game Boy games, and on uh, the car rides back and forth to visit our our family here, and it was just something that that's always been uh, close and dear to my heart. So I, we uh, focused hard on it in, in school, learning the the tricks of the trade. And yeah, not, nothing too nothing too special about that one. It just uh, kind of fell into place. As
1: you know, I always encourage people to play Game Boy while driving.
6: Why? Why do you encourage that? Oh wait, I get it now. Probably dangerous, isn't it, to do that?
1: It's very dangerous. <laughs> I love to see it.
6: I think it was when he was a child, not actually driving the car.
1: Yes? Oh, even better. <laughs> I love to see children driving automobiles. <laughs> oh, God. Okay.
6: So is this your first title, then, at Yellow Pig?
7: It is, yeah. It's, uh, we're a relatively new, new app studio here, and uh, this is our, our first one out of the gate.
6: What do, what do you think, as, as, a, as Yellow Pig, as a studio, what is your greatest influences
7: this one we're starting out with it as a, a mobile app game no in-app purchases or anything don't worry but i think we're trying to mix together a little bit of the uh the, like swipe to find romance gameplay with uh something like uh, mini metro where you've got to uh plug in the right uh, spots the right uh, connections to make sure that everything works well even as you're more and more people are using your service so you don't get overwhelmed so so this yellow pig,
1: would you say it's more of the color of a living jaundiced pig, or more of the color of a, a festering bloated corpse crawling with maggots?
7: You know, our, our logo designer didn't really look at the Halloween palette when they were making our logo, but I think Jaundice yellow was pretty close to the one we settled on. Hmm. Delightful. There's a game that I like to play
1: called Amnesia Machine for Pigs, since you are a pig-themed studio, and creating a game about machines, it might be right up your alley. Oh, that sounds interesting. I'll
6: have to, have to check it out. Very sorry. It's just a name, okay? They're not, they're not making video games about pigs. That's just. Right, a na-
1: well, okay. Keep, keep going.
6: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. So sorry, Neil. It's a thing we're trying. Thanks for being a guinea pig.
1: Ah, oh, there we are with the pigs again. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Ran into that one. All right, fine. Oh, Who were we? Yes, influences. Where um, we done that one? So what's next? Oh yes! Oh, here we go. Who is your favorite video game developer and why?
7: You know, yeah, Growing up as a a, a person with a uh, not not a whole lot of games, I really appreciated the ones I could uh, spend a lot of time in and really explore uh, a new world. And in, in the the nineties, that was uh, your Zelda's, your Mario. So I have to say, it's uh, a classic uh, Shigeru Miyamoto.
6: That's a good one to go for. What about you, Hugh? Any particular developer you're particularly um, sort of drawn to? I hesitate to ask this question.
1: I've been spending a lot of time with Iwata lately. Oh no! Too soon.
6: Oh, too soon. <laughs> That's that's that way too soon. Was he was he technically a developer? That's that's the thing.
1: Oh sure, he, <laughs> he did some wonderful work on Pokemon Gold and Silver. Right. I suppose I'm a little off brand in such a straightforward answer, yes. but I feel like the legacy deserves to be known.
3: Yeah.
6: Well, thank you. How about anyone who's actually still alive?
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't really pay much attention to that kind of thing.
6: <laughs> I'm
1: not. Representation matters. Hashtag.
6: <laughs> oh. Right, uh, what did I say yesterday? Okay, right. Sorry. Next question then. What? Uh, what are you playing right now? Not plug and play, of course. That so, you, you know, when you're on off hours and you're not working on plug and play, what are you entertaining yourself with?
7: And as a follow-up question, have you ever seen a man die? Well, that's a, that's a very complex set of questions, there.
6: <laughs> yeah. I then. What did we? Never
1: mind just please you can answer them in in the order that they were given yes. i think they kind of flow
7: one into the next
6: they, they really don't but anyway go on.
7: i've been spending a lot of time with uh the uh, fire emblem three houses for the nintendo switch oh yes a game with a permadeath system just like real I life thought you'd like that one you because uh, i didn't recruit enough people to my team and i'm, I'm having to uh, watch the yes uh, the students die which i think from what little i know about you you might really get a kick out of that uh, gameplay element there
1: Oh, you've read my harry potter fanfiction.
6: I could just imagine, it's probably like a paragraph long it goes along the lines of Everyone just dies, is that it?
1: I try to be concise Yes The original books were way too wordy To get to essentially the same outcome Which was,
6: everybody dies
1: Many of the main characters anyways right. I can list them if you'd prefer
6: <laughs> Please, Ferris Okay Uh, Anything else?
7: That's been the big one. That one takes up a a lot of my time. Uh, But I've been trying out a few of the the games from uh, Apple Arcade, like uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts in particular, and uh, a a bright, colorful app-based game is a really good way to kind of kick the, the fall season and a little bit of the doom and gloom of the the cloudy nature we have over
1: here yes yes doom and gloom that is uh two of my very favorite things you mentioned the kickoff of the fall season of course we are recording this around halloween the most sacred of holidays what do you do as a studio to celebrate the hallowest of weens
7: Oh well, yeah, you know, like like everybody, we put a couple pumpkins out near the door and try to cover all of our desks with uh, novelty fake spider webs. Um, but yeah, we uh, we get as into it as we should. Are, are real spiders too hard to come by? It, it's hard to source them with the, with the HR department, you know.
1: So you have an HR department. Does that stand for headless and running around still?
7: Not not at our not at our studio.
1: Oh. It rarely does. I've been trying to pitch that idea for a long time and no studios have taken me up on it yet.
6: Don't think there's really a need for a department that covers decapitated people, really.
1: But if one ever did come by, you'd you'd he'd be so glad that someone knew what to do with him.
6: I'm sure that's a skill set you can find on LinkedIn somewhere. The management of decapitated corpses. Totally is a thing. But probably not in video game studios. Maybe it's
1: just me. Right. Well, what is the what is the most scared that you've ever been?
7: Just answer it, Neil. Just be him. Yeah, I mean, probably like uh, right now. I'm trying to figure out what, what, yeah. you're, uh, what you're up to here. Oh,
1: delightful. <laughs> I'm really glad. I feel like we've really made a connection here.
7: You've
6: traumatized the guest. That's what you've done.
1: Oh, you, you flatter me. I hope that I can traumatize the listeners as well.
6: I'm so sorry everyone, it won't be happening again. Anyways,
1: I have a song that I would like to play. Sure you do. This is a piece called Return from They Breathe by The Working Parts. Of course, I originally found the title to be very off-putting and, uh, well, quite frankly, entirely unrelatable. But upon playing the game, upon giving it a chance and looking past the horrid title, I found that the title was actually rather sarcastic. And the whole game was about trying not to drown as little frogs underwater around you drown all about. Which, um, which I I did find to be a little bit more approachable for someone like me. This track is a gloomy piano piece that... I think has a a delightful sense of mood to really kind of put you in the creepy spirit at the beginning of the day. So this is Return from They Breathe.
6: You, You can't just butt in and start playing unrelated music in the middle of my show.
1: of warming to the idea of the blood sausage factory
0: uh no i think you should stick with grinder i think that has a real a real appeal to it
1: all right I i am uh i am warming to that that's something about that is is making me feel feel very uh very excited very accepted as well
0: if I'm I'm looking at my tax forms right now, and we've got we've got Chris O'Regan flying out to interview developers. We've got all those licenses for the music we buy. We have the exorbitant salaries of everyone on Cane and rinse. Uh, I, I I. There's nothing more, right? Like we've covered all the podcasts.
1: Oh, we have. But I, as you know, have a lot of free time on my hands. <laughs> And so I've looked beyond the horizons of the Kaneritz network over to our friendly rivals, or should I say fiendly rivals, at the Computer Game Show. Yes, I have broken my way in to their past recordings and have haunted the tapes retroactively. May I present to you the Come Spooker Game Show. To the Conspooker Game Show. I am your host, your ghost host, the Dead One, Huel Wuthering. <laughs> and I'm joined by Sean Hell, Matt Furry, because he's turning into a werewolf, not because of his proclivities, James Scarthy, and David. Which... burners?
8: Come on, mate, you better than that. (laughs) That's awful.
1: (laughs) As you know, I was the original host of Keen and before I was murdered. It was quite the drama when it happened.
9: I can imagine a lot of people not much younger than us not
1: really knowing about that. It was the 1800s. I had an accident riding on one of those old-timey bicycles. Leon was playing one of the hottest new games in prep for the podcast, pushing a hoop with a stick, when there was a tragic accident, as they called it, his stick got caught in my bicycle wheel, sending me flying off the bicycle into a massive pit. And I'm convinced he did it on purpose.
9: He might as well have held a gun to my head and pulled the trigger. That's clearly, that's different. That's that really, you know, it's a I stick mean- in the spokes, isn't it? It's...
8: I, I don't know enough about the situation. From the brief stuff that I've read and from the stuff you've told me, this is a black and white situation.
1: Well, it wasn't actually black and white, that's just how the photos looked back then. And Kane and Rince has been in a massive downturn since Leon took it over. People hardly remember what it was like when I was hosting.
9: Yeah, I mean,
8: honestly, it was it was a proper good show. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. There's no getting yeah. around that.
1: I mean, have you heard it recently? It's just, oh, it's just awful. Leon's the new kid on the block, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he's been there for 20 years. And that's 20 years too many. Time's up, Leon. It's time for me to take my rightful spot back.
3: Boom!
8: Like that. That is going to be exactly what we want. Mm. That's gonna be exactly what we want.
1: Exactly.
8: Okay. So, what what what's the what's the story here? Let's hit the story first.
1: Well, Matt invited me on the show. He says you're trying to branch out into more undead guests. He sent out a bunch of emails to famous dead podcasters.
9: I mean, I, I think I've got like fourteen or fifteen.
1: But I was the only one who responded. Matt, what was it about me that made me such an appealing prospect for the Halloween season? You're basically dead. That is my defining characteristic. And, between you and me, with David's return not doing much for your numbers...
9: And basically barely barely moved the needle.
1: How has it barely moved the needle? You needed someone with experience to come in and, ironically, liven things up a bit.
9: Look, we know we need you on board to sort this out.
1: So let the guest hosts... Or should I say, guest ghosts. Or should I say, ghost ghosts. Start rolling in.
9: Um, it's an interesting approach, um, and I wonder how many more of these we're going to get. Um,
1: Matt, I know you're deathly afraid of ghosts. How are you holding up?
9: I'm still jumping around a fair bit. I'm, I'm trying to minimize that, but I think that will eventually stop.
1: You'll scare yourself to death.
9: I'm very conscious it is not good for me.
1: So you all agree I should return to podcasting?
9: Yep, yeah, 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 totally, right. totally.
1: Yeah. I've been talking with the Canerance guys, and, well, this is actually a part of my audition tape to get back on the network. I think they're going to bring me back for a weekly show, and I think I would do great.
8: I think I absolutely agree with you. I think if they're doing what I think they're going to do, then this is this could be brilliant but I
1: wanted to aim a bit higher than that I think I'd be the perfect fifth member of this show a new main one if you will or should I say maimed one?
8: Oh my god we had this conversation were you writing this down I know I
1: know but have I mentioned how good of a host I would be
8: probably twice
1: I've had so many years of practice and experience right I get that uh nah not for me that one any questions about recording with a
9: ghost will it record for the pod layer will like my phone oh yes we
1: show up on audio and video recordings we are vampires Does, does anyone else find this just really odd what because I'm dead gee how are you functioning man I don't I don't understand does it creep you out
8: it does a bit yeah
1: So how does this work? Can I sell t-shirts of my beloved catchphrases on your TCGS store?
8: Uh, nothing can be put on shirts. Nothing.
1: Did you enjoy the death traps that I set up for you outside the studio today? I see you made it through mostly unharmed. What was your favourite trap?
8: Oh god, yeah, the, um, well, I don't want to give them away by saying it, but there's one with the razor blades hmm. oh, yeah. that was... I yeah.
1: see you got your shoe caught in the giant meat grinders right near the end.
8: Yeah, no, it's the, it's the sort of later stuff, I think, that, that started to grind me down a bit.
1: Now, on to talking about games. Anyone here have any opinions about video games?
9: Tropical Freeze is very good. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great game. Um, Rocket League. Yeah. Yeah, Rocket League's a good shot. Overwatch is great. Um...
1: Uh, uh, Do you
9: own a copy of Overwatch? I've got this and one other game. And
1: what what game is that? Shadow of the Colossus. And so every other video game you've ever spoken about on the show has been a lie? Oh, yeah. Do you think respected gaming personalities should be able to talk for hours about games without ever even having played them?
9: Yeah, personally I, I think they should be able to, yeah.
1: Matt, I saw you were playing a game this last week. What's it called? The name escapes me. You're playing a child making trouble in a boarding school. Bully? That's the one. Bully, that's it. Matt, what are your thoughts
9: on Bully? Okay, maybe this is good?
1: Matt, you haven't been lying about actually playing these games the whole time too, have you?
9: Oh, don't, don't do this. Don't, don't do this to me. Why would you be like this now? No, like, this
1: is why your listener numbers are down. You have to put some of that passion back into the show. Yeah, it's a little bit slow going at the moment. Fine, I'll get this started. This week, I've been playing Luigi's Mansion 3. Though it finds itself on the wrong side of history in the ongoing mortal versus spirit conflict, it's a delightfully spooky adventure through a haunted hotel. Dave, you played a bit of this as well. Why not describe your time with it? So, for
8: a large portion of the game, what you're doing is you're walking about. And? How did you feel about the game? I don't actually necessarily have a view, but I've got a lot of questions to ask. That's it? That's all you took from it? (sighs) What are
1: people going to say if they ever hear this recording?
8: I'm cringing my f***ing teeth in. I brought the mood down, didn't it? Fucking hell.
1: Oh, come on. All right, here's an easy one. What do you think
8: Mario Paint is about? You can walk around this town and paint on pretty much anything. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Sean, what were you going to say?
9: I was just going to say I'm really frustrated because I really want to play this. Are
1: you really going to actually take the time to play it?
9: No, absolutely Um, not. I think it Um, looks terrible.
1: (sighs) I can see we're not getting anywhere with this. Let's just go on to listener questions. Have we got many emails and stuff? Oh, we got to you so to speak this one comes from Huey Dithering he asks how do you think it feels to die this is such a good question
9: it feels almost like getting out of prison
1: good answer Dave how do you think it feels I just want to know that feeling I love the enthusiasm James
9: Death can feel unfair yeah
1: oh, you're telling me and Sean?
9: It's just a bit odd.
1: James, how do you think this episode is going?
9: It's been quite interesting, actually. It's, uh, yeah. you know, like, as opposed to what it usually is. James, I've listened to the show,
1: and it sounds like the others are just terribly mean to you. How did it turn so hostile? See, for me,
9: they haven't given a satisfactory reason for why they're doing this. You've tried to be nice. It's it's, mm. it's insane. It, this is why you keep giving concessions over and over <clears throat> again. It doesn't work, like, long term.
1: So, what's
9: the problem here?
1: Why do you seem so miserable on the show? The problem with this is I'm just not feeling this. I mean, they're really awful towards you. It's all just, it's kind of got out of control. And you're always bending over backwards to make them happy. It's still a bit annoying, like, having to do that. I mean, don't get me wrong, each member of the team plays an important role, Dave is the image of leadership, Sean is the image of free-spirited creativity, Matt is, um... Presumably the image of wanting a lot of money. Yes, that sounds about right. And what is your purpose on the show? You're there to balance out David. Maybe that's not strong enough. You're, uh, too, uh... Resolutely opposed. Yes. To resolutely oppose David. Yeah. And how do you feel about that role? Because I feel you're destined for better. It just feels a bit too limited, if you sort of mean. Obviously, the expectation set up front was that you were going to be equally as respected and powerful as David after audiences got to know you. That's the sort of stuff we thought was going to
8: happen. But it hasn't happened, obviously. That doesn't seem right. It's a bit off, isn't it? Dave, why do you pick on James all the time? I don't know why. I can't quite put my finger on it. Come on, look a little deeper inside. I just really like the way it makes me feel.
3: You know,
8: I'm not arguing against you at all, James. Mm -hmm. Like, I think everything you said's been bang on, right? I just can't deal with this horrible, achy... Anyway...
1: I can make all these problems go away. How do you deal with that? Between you and me, we know that you're really pulling all of the weight around here. Why do you continue to work with
9: Dave, Sean, and Matt? I don't know, they're just completely forgettable and not really that great.
1: Would you be interested in learning more if I told you that I was looking for a co-host for my new podcast? Yeah, it's very interesting.
8: I'm fascinated to find out what Matt thinks
9: of this. Big fan. Yeah, you should do it, that sounds great.
1: Yeah. In this moment of honesty, do you want to tell the others what you think of them? Probably not.
9: Why not? Because it's just kind of gross, but I don't know. Do you think that they should be replaced? I think yes, they should. Because what they're doing is horrendous. And you're willing to
1: co-host a new podcast with me? These guys are being shitty, we're great. Obviously, you would mean never doing TCGS live shows again.
9: Oh, that's good. That's, that's a plus point.
1: Well, James, you just earned yourself a spot on hewell Woodlering's new frightful video
9: game podcast. I'm never going to take this for granted ever again.
3: You
1: totally do. Well, guys, how do you feel the fans will react to James' departure?
9: The answer is... They probably wouldn't do anything. I don't think they would make a big enough impact. I'm sure that some people really, really love it, and I wouldn't say that they're wrong for thinking it's, it's really good.
1: So you plan on keeping the computer game show going, even after James is gone?
8: I'll take care of the podcast.
1: Seems a bit pathetic to continue after losing your main talent.
9: No. Yes, so that's, yes, that's the totally. point of, of them sort of, like, it's desperation. Okay, we'll, okay, we'll end because James is crying about it. It's not a nice fault to have, but it's a realistic
8: one. That's a shame, isn't it? Yeah, shame. 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 All right.
1: Now that that's all sorted, how would you like if I played a piece of video game music? I'd hate that. No, you'll like it. It's some nice music from Castlevania II, Simon's Quest on the NES. can't imagine a NES game having nice music. You'll just have to listen and find out. Oh, for fuck's sake. This track is called A Requiem Ending from Castlevania II, simon's quest it's a mournful piece that really puts you in that creepy mood as you walk across vampire infested back roads and alleyways what a terrible night to have a curse indeed
0: never met a ghost that's weaponized boredom quite the way that you have fuel i I guess it's a talent it's really something
1: weaponization
0: is my specialty is it it's not it's not bad puns it's not taking up my time when i really need to be filling out these w-2s for all of the the flights and recording equipment and everything that we buy every week
1: w-2s more like w booze see
0: this is what you should stick with is this is what i'm saying your real forte is making weak halloween based puns (laughs) off of off of tax documents
1: taxes you mean like death and taxes where this sounds this sounds exciting what are these i've only ever heard the popular idiom And I've never
0: considered that taxes might actually be a real thing. Well, you know, now that now that you mention it, you have been have been so forthright with telling me just how much free time you have and and how how Mm. in the afterlife, you know, you're really consigned to just walking around and making these shows that we all love so much. Um, but I'm wondering if if maybe you'd like to go on a new adventure, and that's um, tallying up every time Leon has bought a new console and chalked it up as a charitable uh, donation. Does that sound like something that you would like to do? Is that something you'd be interested in?
1: Hmm. Will this help me get revenge on Leon for taking my livelihood?
0: You know, I think I think you could send some very stern men knocking on his door with just uh, a couple papers getting into the right people's hands.
1: Hmm, I see, yes... Using the legal system against somebody who doesn't deserve to have the legal system turned against them—how positively 21st century!
0: Now this is perfect. So I'll just I'll just fax everything to you because I'm sure that since you're in hell, all you have is fax machines, and and you'll be able to start on this right away. And y- you know we might we might have to say goodbye to all of these brilliant new podcasts that you've created, but in the end, I think you might find this even more rewarding.
1: It hurts me to think that I have to walk away from these podcast projects right as they were starting to find their feet, but the prospect of having Leon arrested for tax fraud, for having him taken in front of the, the Queen's Royal Court and even potentially executed is is too wonderful for me to pass up. So these podcast ideas, they can uh, you can keep the tapes, you can keep sending them around, and just kind of tell everyone you know about them. But for now, I'm thinking of turning my attention to the Canaan Rinse tax returns. <laughs> Well thank you for the direction. We can check in next year to see how the taxes have come along. I will be studying up on tax law, as I tend to associate with many lawyers down in hell. There's an abundance of them. Let's do what I do best and take us out with another piece of video game music. This is a piece called Stop and Smell the Flesh from Death Road to Canada. This is composed by Joey Grady, and it's a jaunty tune perfect for doing your taxes to. We'll see you next year, everyone.
0: Goodbye, everyone.